you're about to enter into a new world of knowledge, curiosities, and high strangeness. This is a podcast of Straight Up Strange Productions. Hey y'all, uh, we have a, another promo for you this week. This is from the Pretty Nice Podcast. Uh, join two long-distance besties as they talk about random nonsense delivered with a healthy dose of sass and uncontrollable laughter. So after you listen to our episode, go check these two ladies out. And uh, yeah, come on back. Hey everyone, I'm Andrew And I'm Mariah. And we're the hosts of Pretty Nice. The weekly podcast where we talk anything and everything. Like horoscopes. Why rain is the worst. Our favorite Broadway musicals. The best songs of all time. Embarrassing Facebook photos. Elevator etiquette. Breakfast revolutions. And a whole bunch of other nonsense. If you love a podcast that feels like you're kicking back with your BFFs or just hanging out and chatting with friends, Pretty Nice is for you. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, or your preferred podcatcher. We're also online at prettynicepodcast.com, on Instagram at prettynicepodcast, Twitter at prettynicepod, and Facebook at prettynicepodcast. Bye! Bye! The Happily Ever Haunted podcast may contain graphic content that may include sexual violence, suicide, or murder. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the Happily Ever Haunted podcast. I'm Bailey. And I'm Milton. And this is the podcast where we tell you stories of the strange and unusual. Ooh. All the mouth sounds. <laughs> it wouldn't be an episode without it. That's true. It's, I hate that it's our thing now, but yeah. it's fine. You're welcome. Fine. You're welcome. Everything's fine. It's fine. The world's burning. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, yes. Oh, oh, but I think okay? pop my neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the cat's freaking out, but it's fine. Oy vey. So, any updates? <laughs> What's going on? How's your life? Um, well, we're we're recording this on the. On Labor Day, so uh, I guess Happy Labor Day, belated Labor Day. On Milton's mom's birthday, happy and birthday! And yeah, happy birthday, mom! Today's my mom's she's birthday. She's not gonna listen. I mean, yeah, she's not going to, but it's okay. <laughs> it's I still it's, said it. It's what you put out into the universe, <laughs> but that matters. Boy, that's profound. You should Is quote it? that. <laughs> I don't think that's your original quote. I mean, I I haven't heard that before. I have. Have you? Maybe from you. Okay, then. There you go. <laughs> so, like I said, profound quote me. Um, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Milton Blanta. <laughs> Am I allowed to say your last name? <laughs> I guess. I guess it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, I don't I don't have any updates. We're actually doing this ahead of time than we, what we normally do. Uh, so, I'm really proud of us. Yeah. <gasps> We were supposed to do it last night, but we got caught up watching Big Brother. 
And the systemic racism that is Big Brother. Maybe. Man, and I like I like Big Brother. Uh another reality show that we're on now. Um <laughs> that we're on every I time. mean we've been we've been uh, like Bailey's been on it. I've I've Yeah, I think I've watched since I was like probably an eighth grader. I started in twenty sixteen and I got kinda hooked. Because uh, it's an interesting show. It's definitely a, like a good social experiment. And um, yeah, like Bailey kind of said, it's also a kind of small uh, simulation of systemic racism. Because it's only like... So it's a small simulation of America. Yeah. Because uh, it's a basically majority white house and then a handful of people of color. And then the people of color get picked off first. Or, get, or the, get told that they're uh, overreacting. Yeah. Or <laughs> when yeah. they're like the coolest cucumber ever. Exactly. I don't know how Bailey, the girl, is acting like that because I couldn't. I'd be up in somebody's face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Bailey. all the yoga she does. Yeah. Yeah. She's at peace. Yeah. <laughs> and you kind of have to be because that house is nuts. I can't but... do it. <laughs> Man, I would fucking I w- flip a table on somebody so fast. Day two. I would two. love to be a part of his brother. <laughs> That'd be you would bag. get picked off first. I, I mean, yeah, but I'd I'd blow up some games. I'd just be all like, look, these people are in the alliance. These people are in the house. If you don't vote for these people to get if evicted. you don't float. <laughs> you don't that. vote for these people to get evicted. You're just playing a soft ass game. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, moving on from Big Brother, Big Brother, Big um, because <laughs> this isn't a Big Brother podcast. I mean, it can be. <laughs> I'm so down for that. Um. Also, what we did yesterday instead of recording, we went to Spirit, Spirit of Halloween, yes. Halloween, and bought so many. Not really, but. A handful of decorations. Yeah, handful. I mean, we have a bunch in storage, so... We have a shit ton in storage. So, if you flash back to last episode, episode 11, blue, check that blue, out. Blue. Uh, That's flashing back. Flashback. Also, again, I am not the Mothman. <laughs> I am not the Mothman. You are, but... Um, yeah, like I said, Bailey's like the Halloween holiday goddess, especially during this fall time of season. She's at maximum power. So, yeah, we're about to be decked out for Halloween. As soon as I find some time. Then we're going to be decked out for Thanksgiving. Then we're going to be decked out for Christmas. (laughs) You know what? Come at me. If you wait till December 1st to put up your your Christmas tree. Because I think it should be put up Thanksgiving night or the next day. Um, I never. See, we never did that because, you know, itis. Um, Yeah. So... Yeah, you know, but we're I'm too a full body. to do anything. <laughs> and you're like, let's go. Let's do this. It's Christmas time. Thanksgiving's <laughs> over. Christmas time is here. <laughs> then, oh, we finished Thanksgiving dinner? Oh, it's time for Christmas. Yeah. Let's, let's go. <laughs> Somebody get on these dishes. You're, you're, I'm going to put up the tree. <laughs> like you're lacking. Like, come on. Yeah. Where's your fucking spirit, bro? <laughs> That's me. Hi. Because I totally think it should be put up right after Thanksgiving. Especially if it's artificial. Like, if it's a real tree, I get it. But if it's artificial, which, like, hello. Yeah, if you're pulling that shit out of the box, <laughs> you just go ahead and put it up. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if it's pre-lit, too. Just put, just put it together. It literally takes two seconds. See, and I think it should come down, like, January 2nd, January 3rd. Okay. You, you don't you don't want to do the, the year-round tree? You know better than that. 
<laughs> Actually, there's some really great Halloween trees. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm sure a Halloween tree would be pretty lit. A Halloween tree. Not Flag Day, though. I don't want flags. Um, <laughs> Who President- has a tree for a Flag Day? President's Day? No, thank you. Bunch of dead presidents on my tree. Um, Shit, I want some dead presidents. <laughs> Same Z's. <laughs> um, Even though, like, Franklin isn't really a president, but... I'll take some Franklins. Who? What is Alexander? What's his face on? Alexander Hamilton. Uh, he's on the ten dollar bill. Who's on the hundred dollar bill? Benjamin Franklin. Oh, I've never seen one. You've never, you <laughs> no, I've never seen. No, I'm about to I've say. Seen, I've seen them. I just go through them very fast. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, how have you never seen the hundred dollar bill? I don't just roll around with hundreds in my pocket. Who's on the five hundred dollar bill? There isn't a five hundred dollar bill. Oh, I thought there was. No. <laughs> Edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure there's Barack a two dollar bill on the million dollar bill hey, there's a two dollar <laughs> bill i've got a shit ton of two dollar bills if we ever get too broke my uh my plan is always just to like cash in cash in two dollar yeah. bills you gotta keep so, one though oh yeah we well, two dollar bills are lucky. Like all bills, so this is Google. Like all bills featured here, the five hundred dollar bill remains legal tender. Most five hundred dollar notes in circulation today are in the hands of dealers and collectors, although no longer in circulation. Okay, I was about to say, like, what? I was about to say, there, is there five hundred dollar bills like roaming around in the and, world? And McKinley is on the five hundred dollar note. You want to know who's on the thousand dollar note? Who? Cleveland, President Cleveland. Cleveland. Grover? Yeah. Yeah. Is it Grover? I think it's Grover. Yeah. I actually think you're right this time. <laughs> I know my president. Yeah, he's the 22nd president. Yeah. Do you oh, think we've rambled Ohio. enough? Yes, I think so. <laughs> Anyways, get say, your fucking oh, Halloween Ohio. decorations out. <laughs> get decorating, because Bailey said so. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping to do it next weekend. Oh. So School's been beating me down. You'll, you'll get through. Power through, baby. <laughs> You can do this. All right. So tell me all about your story. My story. I've already have the pictures pulled up. Yes. It's aliens, y'all. We're going back. And an interracial couple. Woo! Yes. Oh, dang. Bailey, like, I was literally about to go into, like, a prologue about this. <laughs> and, like, you're just like, interracial couple. <laughs> uh, But, yeah, like Bailey said, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm covering uh the... Barney and Betty Hill abductions. Uh, like Bailey said, they're an interracial couple, uh, which is kind of kind of what inspired me about this. Because uh, if you don't know, me and Bailey are, are an white. interracial couple. Uh, no, I'm white. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I'm white. Uh, Look, most people when I tell when I tell them my husband's black, they're like, "Oh, it's not yeah. a, a old yeah, white yeah, man." People get confused because it's Milton. And they think he's an old white man. Yeah. Honestly, if I could and, marry an old white man yeah. and get rich like Anna and people Nicola, would. instantly go to office space, which also doesn't help me either. Like people that are like like that I work with and shit, uh, they're like, "Oh, Office Space, that's so great movie." I'm like I, I haven't seen it. I don't know what you're talking about. It's a it's a kind of a nerdy movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know the whole description, but but yeah, so we're interracial. I'm black. And my name is Milton. Um, and so, yeah, this kind of inspired me. I'm also kind of passionate about aliens. I love the the idea that we're not alone in the universe. And I think uh, stories like this uh, need to be kind of more 
taken seriously. Well, the government just released a shit ton. And so, um, so yeah, I'm going to just jump in here. Remember how we're all during, dealing with like COVID and not trying to die. And then they were like, oh, aliens are real. And everybody overlooked it because like there's other shit going on, like protest and COVID mm-hmm. and the downfall of America. But I mean, like, it's also like the administration that's in place though. Oh yeah, for so sure. So it's like, so people are like, oh, yeah, they real would. If you believe they're real, then, like, you don't have to have the government tell you that they're real. Like, you should just know. Plus, like, obviously, the probability that us as the hu- as hu- the human race is the only living organism in the universe is absurd. So, Which reminds me of, like, how the fuck is Miss Universe always a woman? Because, like... How's Miss Universe not an alien? Yeah. That part. Or like a comet. A, com- a, com- a Milky Way. A comet. <laughs> Miss Universe is the Milky Way galaxy. <laughs> All right. We got, we got to get into this. Uh, you know what? I'm voting for an alien next time Miss Universe is up for votes and shit. I don't know how that works. Right. Just don't have Steve Harvey host it. Um, <laughs> or Trump fund it. Shots. That part. Um... So, Barney and Betty Hill were a couple who claimed they were abducted by extraterrestrials in a rural part of New Hampshire. The Hills lived in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Barney was employed by the United States Postal Service, also saved the Postal Service, uh, while Betty was a social worker. As an interracial couple, which at the time was particularly uncommon and frowned upon in the United States, the Hills were also members of the NAACP and were community leaders as well. So the couple took a spontaneous trip as a delayed honeymoon. Barney worked a grueling night shift at the post office, driving 60 miles each way. Betty's job handling state child welfare cases was not easier with the couples being so with the couple being so active as they are in their community they had basically no time for themselves so barney and betty decided to take a trip through montreal and niagara falls they left so impulsively they had no time to go to the bank before it closed for the weekend they got in their car with less than $70 in their pocket. That's a lot, though, back in the That's day. a lot back in, I think this was 1969. Okay, and you want me to find out how much? Hey, Google, what's the inflation rate of $70 from 1969? I think one of the favorite things in my life is spontaneous trips. Oh, yeah, we used to take them all the time, not anymore. Um, just because spontaneous trips are all, like... Nine times out of ten, they always end up being, like, the best trip. Because you don't have an itinerary. You don't have a particular thing that you're trying to do. You know, you just have, okay, I'm trying to go to this place, and we'll go from there. And that's it. And so, I think that's kind of what they were they were kind of aiming for. They were just kind of, you know, let's just take a trip. Let's get out of here. Okay, that's $70 is the same as $515 today's money sorry yeah. uh <laughs> yeah and so like they just yeah they were just like trying to get out of dodge and just have a little fun which like i said 
is like kind of one of the best trips. Yeah. On the last night of their three-day trip, the tired couple sipped coffee in a Vermont diner to recharge before driving back. There was a hurricane coming to make landfall, so the hills were in a hurry to get home. Oh, nothing. <laughs> this is where the strangeness begins. They left the diner around 10 p.m., estimating they could be home between 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. at the latest. As they drove, a strange light in the sky gave another reason to hurry. Betty reasoned that she was observing a falling star. Barney, an avid plane watcher and World War II vet, was sure that they had nothing to worry about. It's just a satellite, he assured Betty. It probably went off course. It was the 60s. Everything is satellite. <laughs> right. The light seemed to move with the car as Barney steered down the curving mountain road. The light zigged and zagged, ducked and dived and... <laughs> That was uh, <laughs> I had to make that dodgeball reference. Uh, oh, the light zigged and zagged, ducked and dodged past the moon in between trees and mountain ranges, only to reappear moments later. Betty urged Barney to stop the car for a closer look, as well as to walk their dog, Delcy. Uh, and I have a picture of the the family. The dog is so cute. Yeah. I can't wait. Okay, so we got our dog during COVID, and we really haven't ventured out that much. But we are going to go on that Halloween thing, because we're going to stay in our car, like, for most of it. Um, And I'm assuming that we're going to take the dog. I'm going to beg Milton to let us take the dog. So I'm very excited for our first road trip with the baby. <laughs> Through binoculars, Betty saw that the white light was really an object spinning in the air. Because her sister had several years earlier said she had seen a flying saucer, Betty thought it might be what she was observing. Barney observed what he reasoned was a commercial airliner traveling towards Vermont on its way to Montreal. However, he soon changed his mind because without looking as if it had turned, the craft rapidly descended in his direction. Concerned, the couple continued down the road, and about 70 miles past the diner, the object hovered just above the treetops, approximately 100 feet above them. Barney stopped the car, keeping the engine running. He shoved a handgun he had hidden beneath the seat into his pocket and rushed into a dark field, leaving Betty in the car. Using the, but using the binoculars, Barney claimed to have seen about 8 to 11 humanoid figures who were peering out of the craft's windows, seeming to look at him. What he saw was as big as a jet and as round and flat as a pancake. My God, what is this thing? He recalled thinking, this just can't be real. Barney described the figure as gray uniform beings and when he tried to lift his hand to his pistol he couldn't claiming a voice told him not to put down his binoculars barney told tore the binoculars away from his eyes and ran back to his car in a near hysterical state he told betty they're going to capture us they cup the couple drove away as fast as they could with the ufo on their trail betty was tracking the ufo with her head out the window until a Loud, rhythmic beats sounded from the car's trunk. Without explanation, the couple felt instantly drowsy and lost consciousness. They regained consciousness around two hours later and 35 miles down the road. 
So they have no recollection of how they got down the road. They just like. They just passed out and then they woke up further from where they were. That's for sure the scariest feeling. Yeah. I've done that driving home from like work or something and just like zoned out and just be like, fuck, I hope that light was green when I went through it. Mm-hmm. But like, that's the scariest feeling. Yeah. You're just like kind of just checked out. But they, they like completely like blacked out yeah no which I is like i I'm think even scarier <laughs> yeah so back home in portsmouth they tried to make sense of the night the hills asserted that they had some odd sensations and impulses they could not readily explain betty insisted their luggage be kept near the back door rather than in the main part of the house due to concerns of radiation their watches would never work again. Barney said that the leather strap from the binoculars was torn, even though he could not recall tearing it. The toes of his best shoes were scraped. That should piss me off. <laughs> Betty's dress that she wore in the night of the abduction was torn in multiple places. It also had a mysterious pink powder on it as well. And uh, there's a picture of her dress Uh on the okay, drive as well now. and uh yeah it's actually they have a dress the dress in a museum i want to say it's in vermont um and it's like out on display and they have all the documentation and like pictures and everything from the uh abduction and like from their descriptions of the abduction which is really cool uh so there were shiny concentric circles on their cir- on their tr- car's trunk that had not been there the previous day. Betty and Barney experimented with the compass, noting that when they moved close to the spots the needle would whirl rapidly, but when they moved it a few inches away from the shiny spots, it would drop down. Barney said he was compelled to examine his genitals in the bathroom. Though he found nothing unusual, which makes complete sense. That would be like the first thing I would check after I've been abducted by aliens. What would you check? My genitals. Okay. I mean, yeah. Wouldn't you? I'm not sure. What would you... Okay, if you got abducted by aliens, you woke up, everything seemed normal... But you need you need it to be sure. What would you check first, like on your body? I don't I don't know, but I don't know. Genital seems off. I don't know if I'd like be like, "Oh, you good down there?" Uh, I, I first, would, <laughs> I would. I'd be like, "All right, I gotta make sure I'm in order." <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. I've never thought about that question. Because <laughs> you know they poking and prodding and all I understand, that. but like, still. I don't know. I also don't know if I'd be like, oh, aliens. <laughs> oh, I just passed out. I was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they took long showers to remove possible contamination and each drew a picture of what they had, what they had observed. Betty checked out books from the library, discovering the civilian UFO group. Uh, Nas- the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena, or NICAP. Uh, she also reported that she also reported the sighting to the Air Force, worried about radiation. 
On September 22nd, Major Paul W. Henderson telephoned the Hills for a more detailed interview. Henderson's report dated September 26th determined that the Hills had probably misidentified the planet Jupiter, which is like such a cop out. Um, The major's report was forwarded to the Air Force's secretive UFO project, Project Blue Book. The Hills did end up suffering some psychological and physical effects from the abduction. Betty began to experience vivid dreams reliving the abduction, and Barney developed an ulcer and anxiety. The couple both decided to visit a mental health professional to help piece together the incident. The two met with Benjamin Simon, a psychiatrist and neurologist who specialized in hypnosis, a mainstream technique at the time. What do you think about hypnosis? Um, I don't know how to feel about hypnosis. Like, I feel like it's credible to a scent, to a point, you know? Mm-hmm. But I feel like at some point, sometimes it could get, like, coercive. Yeah, I definitely think it's how it's done. Yeah. Um, And I don't think it's how... I don't think it's how it's portrayed when it's done correctly. I don't think it's how it's portrayed on TV. Right. Where they're just like in the trance and they just like, just like start like saying shit. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Because like I've looked into hypnosis therapy and stuff and they're just like, it's not what I thought it was. Okay. So what is it? Future mental health professional. You know, that was during my undergrad. So just put me in on the spot. (laughs) Um, Look, you're a resident psychologist, so. I mean, not, not technically. <laughs> um, I mean, soon to be, geez. Like, <laughs> just give me the fucking credit. <laughs> I'm trying to boost you up. I'm gassing you up. <laughs> and oh, the whole time, my confidence is like, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, no, like, I mean, it can help with, like, addictions and stuff. But it's not like you know how like magicians do it, and you like do the like they the, the like and the shit. watch and yeah. yeah, it's nothing like that, right? Like it's more like a meditative state almost, and where you just like clear your mind. Like whenever they did it for um fuck what's that show on Netflix I like so much about the nun and the girls that were like assaulted by the pastor. Oh fuck. Um, and the pastor killed the nun. Anyways, they, like, it's basically just clearing your mind and doing, like, a whole mental block of everything else except for that, like, one topic, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Interesting. That's my best way to explain it. Learn something new today, and I hope you did, too. Um... <laughs> So, after a few months of weekly hypnosis sessions, the Hills were able to connect their stories. So, this is what they believe to have happened. A vessel had landed on the Hills' car, putting them to sleep. Afterwards, the gray beings walked them up a long ramp and into their spacecraft. The couple was guided to an examination room and disclosed. The beings took multiple samples, such as hair, skin, and nails. They also inserted a needle into Betty's stomach to check for pregnancy. What if you got pregnant by an alien? That'd be sick. I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. 
Uh, so this is kind of funny. The beings were astonished when they found out they could remove Barney's teeth, unaware of the fact that he wore dentures. <laughs> later, <laughs> later alone with the leader, Betty asked where the craft had flown, admitting she knew very little of the universe. The being joked with her and saying, if you don't know where you are, there wouldn't be any point in telling you where I am. <laughs> Later, under hypnosis, she drew a star map shown to her on the ship. Which, so that alien, <laughs> I read that that quote and I, I laughed a little bit because it was really funny. Because it was just like, look, you don't know where you at. There ain't no point asking this question. <laughs> Because I can't tell you where we are. Like, you wouldn't get it. <laughs> We're in the Milky Way. <laughs> Milky Way for 300, Alex. <laughs> after research, after further research into the star map that Betty created, it was concluded that the beings had come from, a, from the star system Zeta Reticuli. From that point, the abduction gained the alternative name, the Zeta Reticuli Incident. Though this is not the first American abduction, the Hill abduction gained much attention from a national audience. So it was like one of the first like widely publicized abductions. Why do you think that is? Um, I'm not sure. I think it was just they they tried to. I think it was because they tried to get their story out to someone that would listen because a lot of the people like the in the NICAP they believed her story like she, multiple members of that that uh community and they believed that what happened to them was real and was true meanwhile the air force didn't Ugh. and so they then began to, I guess, publicize and tell more people about their story. And then people started writing books about their story. Then they started being covered on newspapers and TV shows. And uh, they've had like films and other TV series adapted based off of their based off of their uh, abduction. So it's just kind of like I think it was just they wanted their story to be heard. So people then kind of gravitated to that and then just kind of took it and ran with it. Yeah. Yeah. The story captured the imagination of many Americans and it resulted in TV and film adaptations of their abduction, multiple books being published, and multiple references through pop culture such as The X-Files and Cosmos. Also, this story has been covered by many podcasts, including Happily Ever Haunted Podcasts, um, such as Lore, the last podcast on the left, and and that's why we drink. Uh, Barney Hill even made an appearance on the December twelfth, nineteen sixty six episode of To Tell the Truth, and I actually found the episode on YouTube, and I'll be including that in the show notes. Uh, I haven't watched it completely myself, but I'm really interested. <laughs> He tried watching. He tried watching it. He tried watching it yesterday while not giving away his topic. While I was working on homework. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, ah, and I didn't have headphones on me at the moment. I didn't want to go get them, so I was like, ah. So, uh, Barney died of a cerebral hemorrhage 
on February 25th, 1969 at the age of 46. Oh my God, that's so young. Betty Hill died of cancer on October 17th, 2004 at the age of 85. Oh my God. Never having remarried. Oh my God. Okay, so I worry every day about you dying. And what I'm going to do if you ever die, because I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. You'll be just fine. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Honestly, I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm always like, well, I guess I'll just lay in bed after you die. (laughs) <laughs> i'm just gonna lie here yeah yeah this is my life <laughs> oh god so the couple's experience shaped how many alien abductions are reported and they passed as legends of the ufo community and so that is the story of the hill abductions and my references are uh, history.com wikipedia.org and outdoors.org Okay, so uh, pull up the photos that I have for you. What did you think of my story? Oh, I think it was great. I think it was a wonderful story. I think they got abducted. And um, I think... I I think if it happened today, people would take it more seriously, especially with how 2020 is going. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But I wonder if it would, like... If it would just be, like, kind of like in... Like an underground, not underground, but like, I wonder if it would be widely publicized. I mean, Barney went on TV and stuff. Because I mean, like, I'm sure there's a ton of people in the world because everyone has access to the Internet nowadays that they're like, I've been abducted. I've been abducted. And like, you know, you don't know what's real, what's not. Just give them a lie detector test. (laughs) Because it's so accurate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) okay are you ready to jump over to my story yeah this place looks epic i don't know what you're looking at so i'm I'm just looking at these first pictures okay yeah so this week i'm going to tell you multiple hauntings in san francisco because there's been a couple that i wanted to talk about but there wasn't enough to make a whole episode so i told milton i was like what if i just do a handful in one place he's like oh okay yeah so that's what i'm doing so here we are you're getting a package deal. Yeah, so you're going to get like four stories today. Four for the price of one. Well, for the price of two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to start at the Neptune Society Columbarium. That is a hard word. What to is say. a columbarium? Well, I'm about to tell you. <laughs> Edumacate me. Literally, my next bullet point. A columbarium is a repository for human ashes. Oh. So, yeah. So, it's like a mausoleum, but, like, it's a whole building instead of just, like, a wall. That's cool. Yeah. Which I think there's some mausoleums that are built. I don't fucking know. I don't know, bro. Um. So, this one in particular is operated by, owned and operated by the Dignity Memorial Funeral Service, okay? Okay. It was built in 1898 with a neoclassical style architecture. Can you tell? Yes. <laughs> it's really fucking beautiful. We'll have pictures up on our social meds. Um, it was at, at the beginning, it was a part of the Odd Fellows uh, Cemetery. So, you know, Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. And then in 1902, San Francisco passed an ordinance that prohibited the sale of burial plots and any further burials. Then in 1910, they passed another ordinance that prohibited the cremation in t- inside of the city. 
yeah, so I don't I don't know what was going on. I'm assuming the burial is because of the water tables. I'm assuming. Yeah. Kind of like New Orleans. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure. I couldn't find the reason. I just saw, found the ordinance. So the Oddfellows had to abandon the cemetery and transfer the bodies in 1929. And families were forced to remove their loved ones' urns from the columbarium. After this, the crematorium and mausoleums were all destroyed. Most of the headstones... Are you ready for this? Because I think this is fucked as, like, shit. Yes, I'm ready. Okay, so most of the headstones... But there were no more bodies there. Remember they moved them? Uh, most of the headstones, though, were used to build the seawall at Aquatic Park. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Also, headstones aren't fucking cheap. <laughs> no. Did they give the family their money back? <laughs> I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it, too. I'd be so mad. Because, <laughs> like, the headstone I'm looking at is, like, $800. Um, Why are you looking at headstones? <laughs> God, plan for the future, okay? <laughs> um, they, when they say plan for the future, you know, <laughs> they're talking about like freaking life insurance, not like, all right, I have my headstone picked out. I have life insurance. I understand. Too. I'm just saying. I feel like that's extreme. Okay. One day, my mom called me and was like, "Hey, heads up! I've been at the funeral home all day." So, when I die, also, there's nothing wrong with her. When I die, everything's in a folder for you to find on my desk. Including <laughs> including her obituary that she's already written. Oh, she wrote her <laughs> Isn't someone else supposed to write your obituary? No, I know a lot of people that write their write own obituary. Their own? Oh, okay. So, yeah. Meanwhile, my mom at 60... <laughs> And you wonder why I am the way I am. Meanwhile, Bailey, 27. <laughs> I'm just looking at heads. Headstones are really fucking pretty, though. <laughs> but who does that? <laughs> like, oh, that's a nice headstone. That's it is a nice, a nice headstone. headstone. Let me pin it to my Pinterest board. <laughs> so, these fuckers use the headstones uh, to build the seawall at Aquatic Park. I just think that's disrespectful. After... Very. Yeah. Sorry. After everything was destroyed, only the columbarium was left, which I don't know why they left that, but I'm glad that they did. In 1980, the Neptune Society of Northern California bought it and began restoration. Before this, a couple of other people bought it, restored it, and then it went back to shambles, and then the cycle kept continuing. Uh. And I didn't think that was important to know, so um, hop to 1980 uh, when the Neptune Society bought it. In 1996, it became a, in 1996, it became a San Francisco landmark. So, now that we know all the history, we're going to go on to the ghost, okay? Yes. Have, did you look at all the pictures? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, many, if you pull up the pictures. Okay. Sorry, there's like one picture I want you to see in particular. Yes. Uh, Which one? Uh, the last one. Is that all of them? All three? All three, yeah. Okay, that one where the the bottom one. Yeah. Okay. So many people have come to visit and reported feeling the touch of someone, uh, someone's hands, mm-hmm. but not any kind of touch, like an icy cold touch. Oof. Yeah. And it's always like an icy touch. It's not just like oh somebody touched me. Like it's always like described as like a cold, gross touch. So me, whenever I touch you. Oh yeah, basically you're always cold. <laughs> Then they look around and of course no one is there. A lady that was visiting a loved one at the columbarium reported uh, reported this, but this time it was a little different 
because when people were looking at her, like, after she reported it and stuff, they were, like, looking to make sure she was okay. And there was a white handprint left on her dark t-shirt at the same spot that she reported feeling the touch. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. The ghost of a little girl haunts the main circular level. She wears a dress from around the turn of the century. Security guards and the caretaker regularly see her, while other staff members admit to seeing her on occasion. There's also disembodied footsteps, voices, and giggling that are attributed to her as well. Creepy. Yeah. But she's always really nice. Like, Yeah. Like it's I said, not like it's a demon. No problems with nice ghosts. <laughs> it's the, the aggressive one. <laughs> um. It's reported that this little girl died in 1906 in the earthquake of in the earthquake of San Francisco, and her cremains were put into the columbarium. So, that's the first stop. Oh man! The next we move on to the sutro baths. Nice. So we were supposed to go here. Yes. And then we I were. got high. And then I got high. <laughs> um. So the sutro baths were the place to be. In San Francisco, okay? Okay. And that's the one that has the video. Yes. I have a video for him. Um, I'll try to put the video up on the social medias. I'll figure out how to do it. Um, it was a public saltwater swimming pool in West San Francisco. It had slides and diving boards for the pool and re- restaurants to eat at inside as well. So it was just a, a huge, like, pool... With restaurants and stuff? Well, okay. So, there were six saltwater pools and one um, freshwater pool. Uh-huh. And then there were, like, diving boards and slides. It was, like, a back in the day. What are those things called? So, it was, like, Hurricane Harbor. Yeah. What is that called? Oh, a, oh, a back in the day water park. <laughs> a water park? I just went blank. Yeah. So, basically, it was, like, a back in the day Hurricane Harbor. Yeah. Because the Sutro Baths opened in March of 1896. So, like, it was nice-nice for what it was mm-hmm. in the 1800s. The baths were located in a small beach inlet below the cliff house overlooking the ocean. The sutro baths included... Okay, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Like I said, six uh, saltwater pools, one freshwater pool, seven slides, so a slide at each one, 30 swinging rings, and one springboard. Dang. <laughs> okay. It looks fun, right? Yeah, it does. Also, um, never mind. I'll tell you off the thing. It looks fun. But also included in all of this was a museum that displayed a collection of mounted animals, historic artifacts, and artwork that was gathered from all around the world, okay? Mm -hmm. A 2,700-seat amphitheater and 517 private dressing rooms. Jesus. Nothing major, you know. This place was freaking huge. Yeah, it was humongous. I'm so mad that we didn't go. Yeah. The baths struggled to stay open because of the cost, and in 1964, it was turned into an ice skating rink. What? Interesting. Okay. Then there were plans to make it into a high-rise apartment, but while uh, the building was being demolished to rebuild the high-rise apartments in 1966, a fire destroyed everything. The fire was determined to be arson, and the developers left San Francisco as soon as they received the insurance money. Oh. So, I'm going to say fraud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, mediums have visited the sutro baths and reported feeling, quote, an unnerving force. 
Visitors have reported seeing what looked like normal people walking around the baths, but in swimsuits from the late 1800s. Oh, fuck. And you can look at the picture I provided. Uh-huh. They're definitely not swimsuits from today. No. They like dress it. They're swimming costumes. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they called them. No, yeah, no, like that's what, and that's an accurate name. Like they look like costumes. Yeah. Um, according to locals, if you visit the ruins and go to the tunnels located at the bottom of the cliffs, and leave a lit candle, a ghost will toss the candle back into the ocean. Wow. Ma- many believe it's the ghost of a young girl who was swept out to sea and drowned, while the others. While some others believe that it's the ghost of an older man that you can hear whistle as he roams around the sutra baths. Oh, wow. Also, um, within the tunnels of the sutra baths, there's been a lot of, um, like, cult activity. So, you can find, like, the remains of all of that on, like, the walls and, like, there's been bones found down there and stuff. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, it it gets really dark. Not just lighting-wise. Get it? But no. So, finally, on this haunted tour is Golden Gate Park, which we were also supposed to visit. So, development for the park began in 1871, and it is comprised of 1,017 acres. It is 20% larger than Central Park in New York City. Damn. Yeah. That's cool. Within the park is the Conservatory of Flowers, the Japanese Tea Garden, San Francisco Botanical Garden at Striving Arboretum, Academy of Sciences, and the Young Museum, along with multiple statues, windmills, and a handful of lakes. Okay. Huh? Is that okay? Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the park acted as a sanctuary in 1906 during the earthquake, or after the earthquake, rather. When 200,000 residents were homeless, they camped in the park originally in, like, makeshift shelters, but then were moved into temporary, like, wood barracks. So, bison roamed within the park and have since 1891. Like, hold on. They still roam the park? Yeah. What the fuck? That's what I found on the park website. What the fuck? I'm sure it's, like, <laughs> sectioned off. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's still... Milton almost got trampled by a Boston once. That's still uh, a lot to to me. For, <laughs> you know, because this, park, this park's in the middle of the city. Like, and then you just got, like, a random bison. It's actually not random. They were there to begin with. I understand, but, like, the point is you have this city, this urban metropolis, and then a while the bison appears. And you throw a Pokeball. There's been way too many Pokemon references. (laughs) So, my favorite fact about this is at the Conservatory of Flowers that I mentioned earlier, it opened in 1879. The conservatory is 12,000 square feet, all covered in glass, so essentially a big-ass greenhouse, okay? And it mostly contains tropical plants. It also includes a huge philo... Okay, we got to say this right. A philodendron, which we have one. Um, a.k.a. Phil, who is believed to be 100 years old and is still climbing to the center of the dome. Wait, that's the name of the plant, Phil? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a philodendron. Yeah. yeah. Did you get it? That's I, punny. I got it. I got it. We should name more something like that. Bill. Um, <laughs> so there are two infamous ghosts that haunt the park. The first is of a police officer. 
And he loves, 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 loves giving traffic tickets. Especially, like, if you're parked the wrong way or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, on tickets, how they have to put their, like, badge number? Yeah. So, when people go to, like, pay it or look it up or anything, they find out that the police that gave them the ticket no longer works for the force. Wait, so it's an actual paper ticket? Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I'd be highly upset. I mean, I guess I wouldn't be upset because, like, the ticket would be, like, irrelevant. But, like, like after, like after initially, I'd be, like, hot. I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, we gave me a ticket. Like, <laughs> So, they find out that he doesn't work for the force anymore because he died in the 40s. That's insane. That almost 100 years ago. Dude, you love your job too much if you do it from <laughs> beyond the grave. I don't even want to do it. Not in the grave. I just want to lay in bed. I think a, a sense of pattern. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> There's a trend happening. <laughs> so the other ghost, the last ghost of the story, is the White Lady of Stowe Lake. Can you guess why she's called the White Lady? Is she dressed in white? Of course she is. Okay. <laughs> um, and Stowe Lake is one of the many lakes within the park. Okay. Legend has it that more than a hundred years ago, a lady was walking with her baby in a stroller throughout the park. She sat down on a bench and began talking to another woman who was there when her stroller just rolled away without her noticing. Oh, fuck. I bet you anything it was a pram, too. Um, Those fuckers are cute. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, The stroller rolled into the lake without the lady realizing the lady frantically went once, like, she realized that when she got done talking, she realized that her baby wasn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. And the lady began to frantically look around the park for her uh, baby. She would ask the people, have you seen my baby? Where, Like, have you seen the stroller? You know? Right. Sunset had started when she thought of it rolling into the lake. Oh. Uh-huh. Rumor has it is that she went into the lake looking for her baby and never came out. Now, if you visit the garden at night around Stowe Lake, you might be approached by a woman in white that says, have you seen my baby? Do you know where my baby is? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's creepy. Suppose there's like some stories are, although I, I think this is just like urban legend. I would, I'm chalking it up to urban legend because I didn't find any murders. Okay. Um, that if you say yes, she'll follow you. And if you say no, she'll murder you. Which, that, that sounds... That, de- that definitely makes it scarier, but, like, that's not real. Yeah, I was about to say, that doesn't sound real, though. No, not that at all. That sounds like something from a movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, I believe seeing a ghost, but, like, murdering you. Yeah. Not so much. Um, Just because, like, I didn't find any murders, like, with Stow Lake. Oh, I, I have found a meme that has made me think of it. Uh, that I'm, I I will eventually post on our socials, um, and it was um you know ghosts like to haunt you, uh but when they kill you it's awkward because you're a ghost now too. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you wanna go haunt some people? Like man, fuck you! You killed me. <laughs> <laughs> we allies now. <laughs> I wonder if there's like just. Okay, I wonder if there's just like pissed off ghosts at each other. 
Like right. they didn't like each other when they were alive, and now they don't like each other. Not that they're dead. I'm sure that I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure there's some hatred that goes beyond, beyond uh, the, the, the living. <laughs> so those are my stories of just some of the haunted spots in San Francisco. Wow. My references this week are amyscrypt.com, Wild SF Tours, sfrecpark.org. Oh, San Francisco Rec Park. I get it. <laughs> and innsf.com. This was very informative. Do you like it? Did I you did. like them? Yeah. Was what was your favorite? Collection of stories. Uh, obviously, the park. I felt like that was the most interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. I, oh, I so. like the columbarium the most. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, why? Um, actually, I think I like the sutra baths the best because what seeing someone just in like a eighteen hundred swimming costume. Yeah. That'd be fun. <laughs> it'd be something. You'd just be like, "I love your swimsuit." Oh my god, and then it's they so respond. cute. Where and they'd be like, "Fuck it? you, bitch." <laughs> did you get it on Etsy? <laughs> did you pay too much for shipping? <laughs> So, those are our stories for the week. We've got aliens and ghosts. Um, you know, the use. Where was Betty and Marnie Hill from? New Hampshire. Oh, okay. Uh, for some reason, I was like, oh, they're from California, too. No. Not at all. Not even kind of close. Wrong. Wrong coast. Yeah. <laughs> but West Coast is the best coast. Don't, don't be out here starting that. <laughs> Meanwhile, you from You've been to the West Coast like one time. I've been to the East Coast a couple of times. I said West Coast. I know, but I've been to the East Coast a couple of times. Okay. I know which one I like better. <laughs> so now that you've heard our stories, go check us out on social media on Instagram at Happily Ever Haunted Pod, at Facebook at Happily Ever Haunted Pod, and on Twitter at HEH Podcast. Happily Ever Haunted Podcast is the answer. Do you want me to redo it? Yeah. I'll redo it. <laughs> Now that you've listened to our stories, check us out on the social medias, on Facebook and Instagram, Happily Ever Haunted Podcast, and at Twitter, at HEH Podcast. And if you love this show, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or Podchaser. Uh, we would love to hear from you. We would love y'all. to hear from you guys. And don't forget to send pictures if you do, so you can get free stickers from us. And remember, those that haunt together, stay together. together.